0: This episode is being sponsored by First Response Pregnancy. They are fervently committed to supporting, sharing, and empowering all pregnancy journeys and providing accurate information, especially to those struggling with infertility, loss of a baby, and maternal health inequities. This episode of Unexpecting is brought to you by our friends at Carrot Fertility, the global platform for fertility, healthcare and family forming support. Go to carrotfertility.com slash unexpecting to learn more. To be honest, it was just relief coming out of me like so much. Tra- it was like so much trauma, so much everything just like pouring out of me. Hi everyone, it's Olympic figure skater and broadcaster Tara Lipinski, and you're listening to Unexpecting. I started this podcast with my husband and now co-host Todd, to bear it all about my untold five-year and often excruciating journey with infertility. The goal is simple, to take this taboo subject and demystify it, to normalize these important conversations, and hopefully to find answers. Nothing is off-limits, and over the course of the series, we'll unpack my fertility mystery, the trauma we've endured, and hopefully offer those struggling alongside of us some valuable insight. So laugh and cry with us as we ride this unimaginable fertility roller coaster.
1: Hey guys, a message from Tara and I. We just wanted to let everyone know that we've reached a point in our journey that might be triggering for people still struggling with infertility. Please use discretion when listening to this episode.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Tara Lipinski.
1: And this is Todd Kapastashi. And
0: you are listening to the 15th episode of Unexpected.
1: Episode 15. It only took us 15 episodes to accidentally match.
0: I kind of got dressed up today. <laughs> and I know, it's crazy. You have a I have, pale pink
1: gray. have some pink stripes. Gray. Well, I mentioned on the podcast before that I didn't want to ever purposefully match because it's just like not my thing. But we did it by
0: accident. But we did it by accident. Did it on accident. I'm I've, wearing, just a, if you're not watching, I'm wearing a, a light pink dress and his pink stripe is... Very, very on point with my outfit.
1: Well, the funny thing is, I had a panic attack I was, as I was walking down here because I was like, oh my gosh, I think I've already worn this shirt. And I've tried to make a point to not repeat shirts, but we're this is 15 episodes. I don't have 15 nice shirts. <laughs> yes, you do. I, <laughs> I mean, don't you know. are a
0: simple man from Cleveland, but TK, I buy you, I'm the one that buys you well,
1: a lot of your clothes. Where I'm from, if you have 15 nice shirts, you're doing something <laughs> right. So I don't know. I'm. Yeah, I don't think I wore this though. No, this is the you first look time. handsome. Thanks. So in the last episode of Unexpecting, episode 13, because we had our Q&A yes. in the middle, um, we sort of left off, and you know, it was our most positive episode, obviously. It was the pregnancy was right. going well. It was continuing. We talked a lot about your relationship with the surrogate, your right. experience with surrogacy, which was unexpected and awesome, frankly. Um, and so now we're sort of you know, going to pick up where we just have this little bit of this pregnancy left um, and kind of nearing the end um, towards a delivery. So, you know, in this last little bit of time, were you now finally starting to relax? Were you still scared? What were you, where were you emotionally, I guess, these this last little stretch before the birth?
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting for me to think about the progression of my emotions throughout the pregnancy. In the beginning, it was all about the heartbeat scan And then after that, you know, I still had, you know, a lot of anxiety because we never got good news. So we were waiting for the bad news. And then you kind of just settled in a little bit. And then we had the scare with Michaela bleeding and going to the ER. And then after that, I feel like my my senses were all just like, everything was like heightened a little bit of, oh, you know, things can go wrong. And you would think at the end of the pregnancy you would feel most at ease right like statistically you've you've gotten so far and i even had this little tracker that a lot of people in the community will use that will you will put your you know week of pregnancy in there and then it will give you the statistics of miscarriage and they're you know pretty pretty low so it's it, it calms your your fears But what started to happen to me, and I joked about it a little bit in episode 13 of like, oh, hey, doctor, can we just, you know, the baby's fully cooked. Like, let's just get it out, you know, like, why not? Now we're just sitting on, you know, pins and needles waiting for something to go wrong. That was sort of my mindset at the moment. And I think it's because I have spent so much time on Instagram and watching and learning and following you know, so many, you know, people in this community where, you know, again, it's back to that naive thing or innocence. There was none anymore. You know, I had seen awful things happen to people at 36, 37 weeks. I mean, think about stillbirth, think about all of the things that can, you know, unknowingly or knowingly go wrong um, as you near a delivery. And I think I just got into my head. And I remember following one person, on Instagram and I remember when she was pregnant and I followed her entire pregnancy and I wasn't pregnant at the time and she talked a lot about the last like you know 2 weeks of her pregnancy of how it was maybe the most anxiety inducing part of it for her and I could never really understand that cuz I was like gosh you got past all these big milestones <laughs> like you're in the home stretch but I finally realized and I went back to her, all of her posts and realized like, this is what I'm feeling. And I don't know, that's kind of where I was at emotionally.
1: And you also, that kind of contributed to, to what you just talked about. You saw something on Instagram or you started talking to someone on Instagram who had a pretty crazy story that kind of added to a little bit of the anxiety.
0: Yes. That's been the best part of the podcast. Like I'm connecting with all of these women on Instagram and they're sharing their stories, not really knowing where we're at in our pregnancy. And I remember one just really hit home because she had gone through years of infertility, chose to go to surrogacy like we did, and then, you know, shows up for the scheduled delivery. And unfortunately and tragically, it was a stillbirth. And, um, you know, I was in this space where I thought, oh my goodness, like this just goes to show you that no no one's safe, nothing is guaranteed. And it was just very difficult for me to be at ease in this moment. And I actually, you know, really spoke to her about my fears and let her in on our story. And again, the connection with all of these women's incredible, but you being part of this community, you really start to realize all the things that can go wrong. And um, yeah, it was a little bit scary where I just was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm done. Let's get the baby out.
1: Well, I feel like a couple of times I had to like sit you down and be like, Tara, there's no reason to remove a perfectly <laughs> healthy baby like six weeks early. <laughs> we can just wait it out. But the other thing is to be fair, which is kind of funny, actually, we spent like 12 episodes or like 12 hours, 13 hours, like talking about like all these things that happened like in depth in our infertility journey. And to be honest, like, I don't know, like we, it's like a half episode we've spent on the pregnancy because like nothing happened. You know what I mean? Like it's, it was smooth and nice. And yeah, we had like one small hiccup that like scared us. But I think like had we probably not gone through infertility, we wouldn't have been that scared, I don't think. So yeah, it's been I mean, even just to tell listeners, it's like, that's the reason there's no episodes on like the pregnancy. Because really what the pregnancy has been is this incredible like surrogacy journey that you've had with Michaela versus anything that we really need to talk about in depth. Or anything (laughs) like our
0: previous, you know, 12 episodes. But I think that's what's crazy. For 12 episodes, we had so, we could have done, remember we really thought about the progression of the podcast. We could have done 20 guys. Like there was a lot more that happened to us that we were just the bad news people. Anything that could go wrong would go wrong. So it is interesting that when we got to the pregnancy, you know, we we kind of had a smooth pregnancy, but that was also triggering so much anxiety because I was like, we're not those people. What's going to happen?
1: <laughs> the only kind of other moment besides the birth, actually, we talked about this in the Q&A, but I don't know if you want to chat about it anymore because it was a fun party, but we did end up deciding to have a shower um, very soon before the birth. So, you know, again, you talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but maybe just explain like why you originally did not and then why you ended up sort of just wanting to do something.
0: Well, originally there was no shower. Remember I re we just said like, we're not doing that. That's, you know, for me, I just, you know, didn't have the urge to do it. It felt like it was going to cause me more anxiety. It it was just something that I thought, okay, this is not part of our journey. And then as time progressed, you know, people would ask and then, you know, friends would be like, well, why don't we just do a party? We don't have to do a shower. Let's just do a celebration and a party. And, you know, so it sort of evolved over time to the point where I became a little more comfortable. But as you know, we we did the shower very very late. I mean, <laughs> so late in the process. Like the, the baby could have arrived and the shower would have been after that Yeah, the that baby point. could have
1: arrived that night. Imagine <laughs> yeah. that. The baby comes the yeah. night of the shower. We like bring the baby.
0: <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's how I was not taking any chances. Cause I, again, it's just, once you've been through so much, a, a shower seems uh, inconsequential. It just, it it doesn't, in my mind, it didn't mean that much. Until it it, it did.
1: But if you know (laughs) anything about Tara Lipinski, she'll never pass up an opportunity for a party. party.
0: (laughs) Until it did, because I was like, ooh, when people were saying party, I was like, we can do a party. <laughs> <laughs> so we 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 started there and it became a, you know, a co-ed party, all yeah. your friends, my friends. And then eventually, actually like maybe only like my poor friends and, and family that put this together, it changed so much of what I was comfortable with. But like right before the party, it became a shower. And we did this portion earlier in the day where we did some more of the traditional shower things. Um, and then moved it into a full-blown party celebration, which was so much fun. Yeah.
1: Well, it's. I said this in the Q and A, but it's it's sort of weird and f- interesting because it's like on one hand, like yeah, we if you listened to us on the podcast earlier, like we weren't the people who gave a shit about like doing a right. shower. We just wanted like the kid, and we even like probably rolled our eyes at like right. the gender reveal in the shower. But then you get to this point where it's like. Well, no, I want to celebrate the fact that like that. And that's what, I I don't know what you felt about the shower, but so many people just like, it wasn't just like, oh, congratulations. Like you're having a kid. Like a lot of those people at that point, you know, it's our closest friends. So they finally were able to say like, congratulations. I know what you've been through. Like it was this awesome culmination in a way of like our journey. And like all our friends were there. They knew what we went through and kind of just the celebration that we're like bringing a child into the world. So it was awesome, and it was like I'm glad we did it, even though we were probably the iruly people. A few months before that, it was it was definitely worth doing. It
0: was so worth doing, and when I look back on that day, I feel like it's exactly what you said. It was so many people flew in. I, I didn't. It almost felt like our wedding in a weird way, where you know I think so many so of our friends were invested, yeah. and our family were so invested in this journey, and finally we could celebrate and not have to give bad news to someone. So I feel like it was just, um, it was so heartwarming to be around everyone and to see everyone so excited about this baby. And yeah, there were times where I'd look around and, you know, I had, you know, some showery things, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I just hope that everything goes okay and this doesn't just, you know, add to our story and I'll have to give bad news out. But overall, like I remember giving a little like thank you to everyone and just crying and just the emotion of that day. I'm really happy we did it.
1: Yeah. So like in those couple days leading up to the hospital, I think the answer is no. And mine is actually yes. But did you allow yourself to kind of reflect upon what we had been through? Cause you know, as, as we're talking, you know, two or three days before the hospital, it's like, holy shit. Like we're going to have like a child potentially in a few days. And you know, I internally started just like, and I do this because I'm like a weird emotional person and weirdly, not that this is like nostalgia. I wasn't like nostalgic for yeah. all like our struggles, but just like, wow, like we started this five years ago and here we are and we're different people now. And the respect that I have for you that I, not that I didn't respect you before, <laughs> but like seeing you go through this journey, like I feel differently about you. And just like everything we went through, I really started to reflect. Um, did you do that at all?
0: I think I did. I think there were moments where I just, you know, and it sounds so cliche and silly, but it's like, you know, it's almost like I would play my playlist in my room sometimes where, you know, I had some songs that obviously for me throughout these five years were meaningful. You know, you know, I loved um, Taylor Swift's um, song bigger than the whole sky of like a lot of people think that could be, you know, you know, a meaningful miscarriage. And, you know, I felt like there were moments where I would be in my room, you know, playing that song and just thinking like, oh my goodness, like every shot, and again, it's so cheesy, but like every shot, every miscarriage, like replaying those like really hard moments of me, like on the floor and the all the heartache where I was like, I thought that I wasn't gonna have the strength to go to that next appointment or to continue this journey and so it just, there were moments where it, it just felt like so surreal and this feeling of, could this be happening? And I never wished that we went through what we did, but it, you kind of felt like we fought through this hellish time and it could be happening.
1: Yeah. So we go in for the final scan, right? And things got you know, things progress <laughs> <It progressed>. quickly.
0: <laughs> and it was like, okay, it's time to go so, yeah, to the hospital. So yeah, just explain that. Yeah. I feel like, again, just towards the end, I was I was so ready and I was just really working on the patience that I learned throughout my infertility journey of talking myself through rational thought and being like, we're good. But when he was like, oh, it's go time. Like you you got to go to the hospital. Um, I was just like, okay, like, it felt like a competition it's like okay this is on like here we go this is it's happening
1: so what were you thinking when we like started preparing to go to the hospital I it, mean, was, it happened quickly
0: it was the weirdest day and i've asked you this a few times because it felt like a day that felt like no other day in my life like you just had this anticipation i still had anxiety but for me for the last you know i don't know how many weeks I was just like couldn't wait till Michaela went to the hospital and they hooked a monitor on her and I could breathe so excitement that it was actually happening within hours and then just like I would look around and I used to do this I again I reflect so much back onto my younger self as a as an athlete but before I would leave a hotel like before I left you know the Olympic village for for the the competition that night I remember always like looking around the room and being like I could walk back into this room like you know a, a medalist or I could walk back in this room with a gold medal like you have these thoughts and I remember saying that to you I was like look around like we could be walking back into this house with a baby like our life is going to change forever and it felt just like tingly like my like everything was just like
1: I was probably like getting in the car there Yeah you
0: were so <laughs> calm and I was just like floating about and getting everything ready and it was just a really um, exciting and just that adrenaline rush, right?
1: Which I'm sure every, you know, parent has that.
0: And it was like, we got to experience a normal thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Did you have any like taking that ride or, you know, even just reflecting upon this potential moment um, before it? did you have any worries about like what the experience was going to be like? Cause I don't think either of us, I've probably had more than you. I actually had a little bit of anxiety actually going to the hospital, not because I was worried about like, I just assumed that the child would be healthy cause that's my, the way my dumb head works. I'm like, ah, that'll be fine. We're going to deliver this baby. But I was a little just like unsure cause we hadn't really talked about like what it would be like. I mean, we're going to be obviously in the room and, you know, participating in this birth, but it's like another, you know, it's Michaela. It's like, a surrogate, like who's delivering this baby. So I, there was a little trepidation about like, okay, how's this going to go down? Um, Like, where am I going to be standing? Where are you going to (laughs) be? Like, how, like, how's it all going to work? Did you have any of that?
0: Well, to be honest, I feel like the only two times I've had trepidation about surrogacy was before we started the surrogacy process. Cause I just thought I'm going to hate this. This is not for me. I'm going to feel uncomfortable in every single moment. And then once we started, I was like, oh, cool. All of those worries I never felt. But there was something in the back of my mind that felt different about the delivery, right? Like I didn't know what that was going to feel like. So there was like the same feeling I had going into the transfer of like, I'm not going to be the one laying down in the gown doing this. Um, Will I feel uncomfortable? Will it not feel right? Will I feel a lack of connection? Obviously, like you think of birth and it's so emotional and it's not happening to me. So I did have these thoughts, right? Like obviously so happy that a baby's on the way, but I did have these thoughts um, of what it would be like. But again, you know, I didn't know what to expect until I showed up and I was like, look, Tara, so far the process you've enjoyed. Let's see what happens.
1: Yeah. So what I mean, I don't know if you just want to run through like us arriving at the the hospital and just kind of take us from there.
0: So we had a plan with Michaela, much like the plans we had with some of the scans where she would get into the room and get the heartbeat up and running before she'd ever call us. So there was just less anxiety and fear around, you know, the appointments. So I just sort of knew I didn't want, to show up at the hospital with her and like we're waiting to check in. And it just felt like I would be very nervous at that point and just waiting again, this, you know, for me, it was all about let's get hooked up to the monitor. And I just didn't want to go through those those moments of anticipation and anxiety. So Michaela's like, no, like, no worries. This is what we're doing. Like, I'm going to go early. I'm going to get me settled in. Don't worry, take your time. I'm going to get us hooked up on the monitor and call you. And I just remember we like planned it that we'd arrive like half hour later and we were driving in the car. I'll never forget it. She called her texts and she's like, baby's heart rate is beautiful, like up on the monitor. And it was like this sigh of relief that I hadn't had in years. Just, I remember I was crying, already crying and like looked over at you and you're like, what? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, no. Like, you have no idea. This is huge. This is huge. We're in good hands now. And um, it was the first time that I really felt so excited. Yeah. Like, I felt excitement.
1: Well, it was weird because like, t- you know, speaking to like some of my trepidation, almost weirdly, immediately, it was gone because it was actually fun. I don't know if you remember this. Like... Because, you know, like, she's not—we're hours still away, obviously, from a delivery. So it's like the three of us just, like, sitting in there, and she's, like, hooked up to the heart monitor. People are coming in, obviously. Like, the doctor stops in eventually. But, like, we're just all kind of chatting, and it was, like, fun. You know, it wasn't—it didn't feel weird to me at all. I mean, we—like, you obviously had built this, like, incredible yeah. relationship with Mikhail, and I think I had built enough yeah. of one, obviously, yeah. to, like, not feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And, like, we like her so much, yeah. and it was just kind of, like— we were in this little thing. It was almost like we were like, this sounds so dumb, but like camping out yes,
0: together. <laughs> it felt like, I, so all of the fears we had of what it was going to be like in the hospital immediately started to go away for yeah. me. Like we were huddled up on that couch. We were joking. Like, obviously we had a plan and Michaela, you know, we, we did an it up at Doral and she got, you know she got her medicine and so she's comfortable and we're just like laughing and there's so many things about the hospital I'll remember, but those hours just sitting there and it felt like this fun camp out, this exciting, like, Ooh, we're going to like tell stories because something really fun's going to happen today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're like in it with somebody. It's just like, it's different. And, And it's not, you know, obviously when like a husband and wife or a couple goes to like you know, the hospital together to like yeah, they're in it together too. They're in it together too. But it's just like, this is a dynamic that's like slightly different, but also fun.
0: You also know? powerful. Like it yeah. felt like for me, like, I don't know, cause it's like one more person and it's like this energy. And it felt like we were this team, like red, it felt like game day. Yeah. It was like this exciting feeling and this powerful connection that the moment, like if I thought I was connected to Michaela before, like the moment I walked in that hospital, like bonded for life. Yeah. It's also
1: the first time that you feel to your point. I think it's the first time like I walked in and saw Michaela as like, wow, this person's doing something awesome for me. Like, obviously I've seen her when she's right. been pregnant and I see like right. in my head, I'm like trying to like tell myself, oh my gosh, Todd, your baby's like inside yeah. of her. But you just, your mind can't necessarily get there. Right. And, but when you see a person in bed, like hooked up, you know, about to get an epidural and who's going to give birth to your child, it's, it's it was, for me, it was the first time I was like, oh my God, like surrogacy is a pretty amazing thing. and Obviously these people are getting paid, but like all surrogates, it's... It's an amazing thing you are doing for For someone.
0: And it's, yeah, it's just this emotional connection that again, like I said, unless you go through it, it is really hard to explain what sort of happens.
1: I will say though that like, and now in retrospect, it's really funny, but like, yes, you're saying we settled in and it was like camping, but you were still anxious. I mean, (laughs) I have to tell this, like at one point the nurse came in and it was basically like, guys, like. The heartbeat monitor is so loud. That must be so annoying. I'll turn it down for you. And you're like, no, no,
0: heartbeat monitor is fine. No, nope, volume's fine. Yeah, we like, like it no there. It's Soothing.
1: We like it. You like it. Thanks. I think it's a great
0: sound. Thank you. <laughs> Please leave and keep it high. It's like volume. A no-
1: for you. It's like a noisemaker. People need it to sleep at yeah. night. You needed that heartbeat scan, like yeah. in that room. It's like so you were, but machine. you were still sort of like, you know, I-, I think probably any couple who goes into a surrogacy or not is still, right. you know, you want a healthy delivery. You want the the person delivering the baby to be healthy and you want the baby to be be healthy. So we still, all three of us had those worries.
0: Right, but it was the first time I felt like I entered a different realm. We were at the hospital, we're hooked up to a monitor and I feel like obviously everyone's worried about those things of a safe delivery, but I felt like I was in the normal category. I was excited.
1: And now a quick word from our sponsors.
0: First Response is fervently committed to supporting, sharing, and empowering all pregnancy journeys and provide accurate information, especially to those struggling with infertility, loss of a baby, and maternal health inequities. First Response knows that when testing for pregnancy, you want to be sure of your result. That's why they created Comfort Check, a pregnancy test kit that helps you test confidently and conveniently. The First Response Comfort Check Pregnancy Test Kit is a value pack containing eight total tests, three first response early result tests, and five first response pregnancy test strips, allowing women to test early and often for added reassurance. First Response's early result test included in the Comfort Check Kit is their number one best-selling pregnancy test. It detects all major forms of the pregnancy hormone commonly found in urine and is over 99% accurate from the day of your expected period, with results ready to be read in just three minutes. The first response comfort check pregnancy test kit is available for purchase in-store and online. Be sure to pick one up today. Most people who undergo fertility treatments have little to no insurance coverage. It is an area of healthcare that often goes overlooked. Because of the cost, many people think there is no realistic option for them to seek out IVF or preserve their fertility in hopes of building a family. Carrot Fertility is making a huge difference in this area. Carrot's mission is to make fertility healthcare affordable and accessible to all, regardless of age, sex, or income, by working with companies to add fertility benefits to their offerings for employees. Carrot's comprehensive clinical program delivers industry-leading outcomes and cost savings for employers, while also supporting members and their families through this very meaningful time. I am so passionate about making fertility treatments available to everyone. So I'm proud to be aligned with a company that is making such a huge difference for so many people. Please visit Carrotfertility.com/slash unexpecting to learn more. Thanks for looking out for us, Carrot. So I feel like also I just want to stop down and say like, as I'm saying this and I'm saying, I'm so happy. I know we had a trigger warning on this episode, but you know, for anyone listening still in the wait, like this is so hard for me sometimes even just say like, oh, I'm so happy because it's like, I know what it's like to listen to other people's success and like happy endings when you think it's never happening for you. And I just feel like, ugh, I'm going to cry, but um, I just feel like I know that I want you guys to understand that like, I can't change the ending of my journey, but like I see you and I, you know, was you for so long. The bad news, like people were, oh, okay. where I just, just want you to know that I'm like rooting for you and that you know, obviously if you have to take space from this, you, you should do that. That's what I always did. But I just don't want to keep saying I'm happy without acknowledging everyone in the weight.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's almost like, I mean, this is like a really rudimentary way to put it, but it's like, <laughs> it's almost like you're in this one club and you're trying so, so hard to get out of it. And you hate the people that are in the other club. It's like, you're the, you're the like nerds in high school and you would love to be, you know, the cool kids and you want so badly to be a cool kid, but you hate the cool kids. But then when you get there, like when you graduate from a certain group, Mm -hmm. it's like hard because yeah, we're so happy that like, this is the end of our journey potentially. But yeah, like that group that we sort of quote unquote graduated, graduated from, like we know that struggle so well and you almost feel guilty.
0: Yeah. I just feel a lot of guilt. And it's something that I I know in my brain, I'm like, I can be happy for our story, for where we're at. Like, I know that's okay to feel, but I didn't expect to have this extra layer of guilt. Like, I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable. I feel like I'm betraying, you know, all the people that were me um, because our story for so long didn't have a happy ending. And I guess I just hope that, you know, in a way I still can stand up for everyone in that struggle. And, you know, I don't know. It's really hard to know how to feel about this, to be honest. I just, I just care so deeply about the people that are in it. And I don't know what to do about this guilt. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: mean, almost in a weird way, too. It's like I thought about this before we started this podcast was like, do we kind of like not downplay this whole thing, but like not act so excited about the birth? Or do we just like fly through the birth and, you know, because I don't want people to listen to this and be like, well, fuck," because I think we said that like a lot. In our journey, where you'd look on Instagram and be like, oh, baby number two for so and so. And we'd both be like, fuck them. Like right. you get angry. Right. And like we are those people now who have like had success. I mean, granted, we went through a lot to get there, but you know, we are potentially gonna bring home a baby. So it's I don't know. It is it is it's hard to like right. reconcile all those things and know how to know how to act and know how to like treat this episode honestly it really listeners. it is it is
0: hard cuz we've done these episodes you know so many of them we've started so long ago and we were in these moments that i think you know again our story like we, we we didn't touch on every single problem you could have in infertility but we touched on a lot because our our journey just hit so many obstacles that i felt like i was connecting with these people that were going through the same struggles at the same time as we were doing this podcast. And then obviously, as we have moved on, you know, this has happened. And it is, it is, you know, I actually had a therapy session about it. And it's like a little bit of that feeling of like survivor's guilt. Um, And, but again, like so many things can continue to happen. Like I said, like just because someone, I think, I remind myself that as well. And there's also fear in that just because someone has um, a positive pregnancy test or then even moves to the next step of a live, healthy live birth, things happen. What infertility has taught me is you can't you know, look into the future and see what it holds. So for me, I'm still always a little bit on edge of like, what's going to happen next or where does our journey take us?
1: Well, yeah, it's also weird because you think like, Infertility makes you think so like like in such an insular way where it's like, oh, like the only bad things in life that ever happen are are like infertility issues, which is not the case. So it's like we're talking about the guilt of like having a baby. But as we talked about in the first episode, like there's so much trauma in the world. world, Like people getting randomly hit by cars, having heart attacks on a basketball court, you know, like
0: you know, death of your children that are already our
1: friend Holly, who passed away at a young age because of cancer, like yeah, I guess I'm just making the argument to make myself feel better of like, yes, I feel kind of guilty that we like did graduate from this infertility group and are having a baby, but that doesn't mean that like, we're not gonna be confronted with a million other traumas later in life. I mean, fingers crossed we're not, but like there's just a lot of issues in the world. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I just hope we escape.
0: I know, but all that's what those that's what infertility has done to my mind.
1: But yeah, but, and we are also like, fortunate and privileged enough to like afford all this stuff, like all these retrievals and the surrogate, like, as we talked about on the last episode, like shit's expensive. Not everyone can do it. You get like bad terminology, but you get priced out of this. You get priced out of a child, which which is is appalling.
0: It's, It's so insane to me. And I know we've, we've, we've talked about this on other episodes, but just, I mean, when it comes to women's health and the quote unquote outlook of, you know, I have a medical issue and I want to build a family. Well, that's an option. Like medical insurance isn't going to handle that. I mean, little thing there. It's just like, it blows my mind that there are just so many families, couples, women, men, you know, people that have this human innate urge to build a family. And like you said, they get priced out of that option. Like, that is, to me, just so wrong.
1: Right. So it's like, as we sit here and say, oh, five years and this and that, like, those were very real traumas. But again, right. we had the luck of being able to just do so, it. Yeah,
0: we had the luck of, we got so much bad news that it was either you are not able to have a child in, you know, the way of giving birth, like maybe adoption is something that you can look into, or you can take your embryos and go to surrogacy, but it's going to cost you. Yeah.
1: So, what was great about Michaela having given birth five times is that, you know, things she described her pregnancies to us. And I was like, oh, wow, they're like pretty uniform. So, we kind of knew what to expect a little bit. But when we first got there, she measured at like three and a half centimeters dilated. So, you and I were like, all right, we We got a little time. We got got some time. And so, I think we actually, Michaela was like, oh, I'm good. We're just kind of like sitting here. If you guys want to, like, because downstairs in the hospital, they have like a cafe or whatever. And we're like, oh, we'll go get some coffee. So, we like went down there.
0: Well, it's funny because like when we got to the hospital, we had all of those fun camp out moments for, you know, hours, but it was more waiting for the next check of where she'd be at. And, you know, at that point we were like, oh, we're, we're good. We still have time. It's, it's taking its time. We're good. We we
1: were even placing bets about About how how long it was going to take. I remember that. I remember
0: sitting outside on that little bench and I'm not kidding you. Did we get the text there? Yeah, so we went to get coffee. We went to get some snacks, and then we're like, "Well, let's. We have time. Let's just sit outside." I feel like my
1: bet at that point was like, "Ah, six hours from now, right? It's gonna happen." Right,
0: and I, I think I did like five hours or something. I was betting earlier, and I get a call or a text from like I can't even remember. Was it a call?
1: She texts you. She texts me. She's like.
0: I'm at nine and a half centimeters. They just did my check. Get upstairs. And I remember us just like scurrying and, you know, racing up upstairs and, you know, coming well, in. We'll
1: make th- it seem like we almost missed anything. No. I mean, everyone was kind of just like still sitting around. Right, but it was just like she
0: got the check. Yeah, but
1: they had brought in like the the, the grooney thing that they put the baby yeah. on eventually. Like they had reconfigured the room. Well, I
0: think everyone wasn't expecting that quick yeah. of a, you know, we're, we're moving this along. And- we come into the room and our, you know, OB, Dr. Katz is, is, you know, on his way. And, and they're like, yeah, this is probably going to happen. Remember they're like, cause we asked and they're like, yeah, we're thinking probably like 20 minutes. Yeah. When, when he,
1: I think Dr. Katz said that or one of the nurses, I was like, well, A, what's funny is, and I think, I don't know, people maybe who go through infertility feel like this. Not that I felt Unprepared because I had talked to so many right. people. We had like right. I had watched some YouTube videos right. on like I had some knowledge of a right. birth and b like parenthood. Right. But I do think that you're so caught up in like the the worry of like, am I going to get a child? That some of the like learning about the the that moment yeah. and even right after like the hospital, like what it is where you are kind of underprepared. So like I didn't know like okay, so she's nine or 10 centimeters dilated. Like, is this happen like within minutes? (laughs) Right, like what's going to happen? I thought like maybe, okay, so she's going to start. It's going to be like an hour or two hours. And then when I heard 20 minutes, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like happening happening And I
0: just remember, I'll always remember, Ted, like looking at the clock. And again, that feeling that I had the day we left for the hospital, it was just like, our life is going to change. Like our life is changing it was this crazy adrenaline rush and excitement. Like I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah, it was I was the like, same, whoa, this energy. It was energy. the same
1: feeling I think we both had when he said 20 minutes or whatever it was that we had had like leaving for the hospital. Yeah. Where it was like, wow, like we've been through this like four or five year thing. Right. And like in 20 minutes you're saying, oh, I might be like holding <laughs> a child. Like that's amazing. I-, I know I keep asking you this, but I think it's fun to ask you. Like at that point, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes away, potentially from holding a child, are you, are you now thinking too, like, I'm going to be like a mom. Like, after all these years, like, it's going to happen? Yeah. I just feel like if I were you at that point, and this is so corny, but I would be like, like if a movie was being made at this, yeah. it's like the montage part of it, yeah. where it's like some amazing Dave Matthews song, yeah. and it's like a recap of like you giving yourself shots yes. and crying on the floor yes. of the bathroom and like, you're reliving all of these all images of these, over yes. five years to yes. finally yeah, get like this Yeah, like slow-mo of
0: like, you know, yeah. I've, I've kept, I mean, I didn't keep all of them. I wish I did because we need a storage room, but we do have this sad little box of things that I kept throughout the pregnancy, um, pregnancy test and some of the shots. And I just like a slow-mo of like, emptying the the containers and like all the needles falling out and the mounds of pregnancy test and it's like yeah it's it it was like the culmination of like a long long
1: journey yeah okay so take me through the birth
0: Oh my goodness, just the energy in the room. It was just electric. Like, even now, I just feel like I have little chills all over my body. And Dr. Katz is flying in the room and he's been on this journey with us for so long. So it was just like, this is it, guys. This is it. And, you know, I'll preface this by saying, like, you know, for people like us that haven't, I mean, I have never given birth and you know, I don't know. Me you, either. <laughs> I don't know if you have <laughs> ever are looking
1: at me like you Todd, of you.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying like, sometimes you have this idea of like, it's just going to be crazy and screaming and all of this, like, you know, you know, Michaela is going to be like guttural screaming and it's like, what am I going well, to. Yeah, I
1: didn't, I imagine right. that could have happened.
0: Right, but she did like this epidural and you know, she kind of talked to me. I knew it wasn't going to be yeah. like that because I asked her all of the questions and she's like, no. I get the medicine and I make sure that medicine is still pumping. And she's like, I don't feel it. You know, I know it's time to push and that's what it's going to be. So it is exactly like what she told me, but there was this energy in the room. And then, you know, Dr. Katz was like, tee up the, the playlist, you know, put on the song. And for me, there was an obvious choice. Dave Matthews, I'm a super fan <laughs> as we know. And this song, You and Me, which I always felt had meaning for the two of us, and it's my favorite Dave song. And guys, you got to listen to the lyrics; it's just so perfect.
1: This, this song does not have any meaning for us. It, it has does. meaning for Tara, which but is for fine. Me and
0: you, like I think of you in this song. <laughs>
1: Look how you're bringing me. Oh, Todd and I, this is like our <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah, you're not
0: the biggest Dave fan. <laughs> But anyway, it
1: has zero meaning for me. So <laughs> just everyone out there know that a song that has Is no that meaning true? to me was playing during the birth no, of my child. No, but you I'm just kidding. Okay. No, I, that song's great. Yeah. I love that song. And I it do.
0: was like, listen to the lyrics. It just was like, it couldn't yeah, be anymore. It was awesome. It's so emotional too. And so then it was like, We had our plan in place, and you wanted to take videos, so you were like standing in an area where you could. You, I mean, this video is. Yeah, I was kind
1: of like behind. I was like shoulder to shoulder, almost with Michaela, then just off to the side. And you had
0: this incredible view of watching this go down. And guys, it happened so quickly.
1: It was quick. It
0: was. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. Like Dr. Katz flew in the room. He's like, "It's going to be quick." I didn't realize it was going to like. Thank goodness I got the song on very quickly because the song didn't finish.
1: finish. No, yeah, it was it, probably like three or four minutes. It it all happened.
0: Yes, two pushes. So he, so it was like the first push, and I'm, you know, Michaela and I are like holding hands, and the first push, Dr. Katz is like, the head is out, like the head is out, and he's like, that's it, and then there was like a little break, and he's like, okay. This is it. And like, I can't even remember. He said, he like looked at both of us. And at this point, like when I was over there and we put on the song, I mean, you can't even tell, like, it looks crazy in the video. I am heaving, like sobbing, like ugly cry. I couldn't stop like ugly cry sobbing. And it was like, to be honest, it was just relief coming out of me, like so much it was like so much trauma, so much everything just like pouring out of me. And it wasn't like I, you know, I saw the baby. It was just like getting into position and like hearing Dr. Kat say like it's like push. And it was just like sobbing, 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 sobbing. All you do is see me like, like, like crazy person sobbing, and Doctor Cass is like looking at me, making sure I'm okay. I look over at Michaela; she's sobbing. We're squeezing our hands, so it was like this—the t- team effort feeling of like we were in, like we were a, like we were going to Mars, like we were like in this together of just like this incredible moment, and then the second push. The baby just comes like flying out, <laughs> and all I remember is like I couldn't stop crying, and and the baby's all pink. Doctor, I just remember Doctor Kat saying like, "Oh my goodness, look how pink!" And she immediately is. And crying, like, like screaming. Yeah, the baby which is a great M- sign. Michaela M- 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 laughs. She's like, you know, um, she's like, I told the baby when you come out for your mama, you're going to be crying right away just so that there's no little break in anything. Just so you she knows that you're all good. And yeah, and the baby was just screaming for us. And I, you know, I'm like hugging Dr. Katz. I mean, I feel like you were crying. Like it just was like so much emotion in this room. And then I literally just held our baby. You know, I'm like holding the baby and it's mind blowing. Like I couldn't connect these dots that this baby was ours in front of me alive and screaming. Yeah. The weird thing
1: too, for me is like, obviously I'm supposed to be this like active participant in this. It's my child. And I was obviously emotional too and excited and happy, but Almost just like watching you was really satisfying because it's like you had been, yes, we have been through so much, but you did 90% of all of what you did to get us this child. So I just remember standing back and just kind of watching you and you were like so fucking happy. And it was just, I don't know, it was awesome. And then I walked over and we got to cut the cord together, which was great.
0: I know. We cut the cord and then this baby was just so cute. And we immediately, it's like right away, like it was like, oh, sit down. And it's like the baby is doing skin to skin with us. And, you know, also like what's so interesting about surrogacy and this feeling that was created in that moment between all of us and Michaela, like this woman is changing our life, like changing our life by, you know, carrying this baby for us. And, you know, watching her cry, like, I just remember like the squeezing of my hand and hers and just this, like I said, it's like teammates on the deepest level. And we...
1: Well, too, when we were sitting on the couch with the baby, like a uh, two minutes in or something, she took a picture she of t- us. Yeah.
0: And that's like one of the best pictures we have. And Um, But what's interesting is we're doing skin to skin. And then when you were doing skin to skin, it was like, I ran back to Michaela. And it's, this is what I think is interesting about surrogacy and whatever broke in this moment of like delivery, right? Because before the, the delivery, you're going to appointments, it's sort of, I don't know, like less vulnerable. And there was just, obviously when you're giving birth and you're in a hospital bed, it just transcends to a new level. Like whatever I felt like, I would remember going over when you were doing skin to skin and I'm like petting Michaela's hair back and like rubbing her arm and, you know, just realizing that, you know, people are like, oh, you're, you're surrogacy. You're gonna have a stranger carrying your baby. Like, no, like, This person is now family. Like we, we have experienced a very, very deep, meaningful, interesting, vulnerable situation together. And yeah, like I didn't know Michaela like a year ago, but here I am like rubbing. Petting this woman's head. Yeah. Like, and we're like, it's just, I can't explain it guys, but it was just this crazy heightened emotion of feelings.
1: Yeah. All right, Tara, do you want to go and introduce everyone to someone very special?
0: I think I should. Okay, guys, okay.
1: We'll be waiting. Oh my goodness. And now a quick word from our sponsors.
0: I wanted to give you more information about Receptiva DX. I feel very lucky that I was able to take this test and remove some of the mystery out of my own fertility journey. A diagnosis of unexplained infertility is difficult and miscarriage is traumatic. So I'm thankful there's a test like Receptiva DX that can provide insight and answers that many people are desperately seeking. Receptiva DX is a powerful test that can help detect inflammatory conditions on the uterine lining that might be preventing you from becoming pregnant or staying pregnant. If you have experienced implantation failure or recurrent pregnancy loss, ask your doctor about Receptiva DX testing. If found, uterine inflammation can be treated, providing a new pathway to achieving a successful pregnancy. Treatment options can improve the chances for a successful live birth fivefold. To learn more, please visit receptivadx.com or ask your doctor if this test is right for you. Your body has been through the ringer, and you might find that once baby is here, you have very little time for r between sleepless nights, forgotten meals, and the hormonal roller coaster of your postpartum life, it can be hard to prioritize healing from pregnancy and birth. And for those parents that may not have carried a pregnancy themselves, maintaining energy levels and supporting your body while dealing with a newborn is equally important. Fertility supplement company Bird and Bee is with you every step of the way, including the all important postpartum period. The postpartum is Bird and Bee's answer to the demands of the fourth trimester and beyond. Supporting your recovery with 24 bioavailable nutrients, including extras like choline, iron, selenium, and algae-based DHA. And if you're nursing, adding the lactation boost can support your milk supply. Your body's needs don't end with pregnancy, and a supplement ensures you're getting the nutrients needed to recover. This means you can focus on other things, like your growing family. Bird and Bee offers support at every stage, from preconception to postpartum. Head to burdenbcom slash unexpecting and use code UNEXPECTING15 for 15% off your first order.
1: And here they come, my girls.
0: <laughs> here she is, guys. Georgie Winter Kapastashi. Actually, Georgie Winter Lipinski Kapastashi. Two middle
1: names. We had to do it. Yeah, Winter.
0: And then we added in. I snuck in the Lipinski.
1: Here she is.
0: Hi, sweetie.
1: So if you can't. She's being very good. She's so if you're lis- just listening, <laughs> it's just kind of dead air. Yeah. But we have brought a child onto the the set of the podcast. We oh, have. There she is. <laughs> there she is. Oh my God. Oh. Uh oh. Oh, Georgie.
0: Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, we want the pacifier. Oh, but your little lips are so cute. No.
1: <laughs> Put it back in.
0: Put it back in.
1: I mean, so I mean, that's such an obvious question, but like sitting here with this child, is it kind of everything you hoped it would be?
0: yeah, what's so crazy is the answer is yes, it really is. It's just I can't stop staring at her. I can't stop staring at her, just so much gratitude. It feels like not real yet. I don't know how you feel. it doesn't feel real yet. Um, sometimes I wake up, you know, from. An hour of sleep and think, oh my God, like, is this, is it still happening? Like, is it still our life? And again, back to a skating analogy, and I, and I'll always remember this feeling, but I remember when I won the Olympics that night having a similar surreal feeling of like, is this my life? Because, you know, all I knew as a teenager was, you know, the last 13 years of my life I spent, you know, in rinks and thinking about, going to the Olympics and becoming an Olympic champion possibly someday. And it's like, you're that person. You're not the winner. You know, you're the person that's dreaming of it. And then, you know, at 1059, you're that person. then at 11 o'clock, you're someone else. And that's what I feel like has happened to me now where it's like, I have like, I, it's still weird to say, but I'm a mom. You
1: are. You are. That is you so
0: yeah. weird to say and it doesn't feel real. I just, I just just hope everything stays like this forever. And I just, yeah, I don't know. It's the, I mean, look at her little arm, I like everything. And I know every parent in the world feels this, but we get to feel the normal feelings of like, how cute is that arm position right now? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I'm so proud of her.
1: <laughs> Tell us why you liked the name Georgie or why we liked the name Georgie.
0: Right. I mean, we really struggled. We didn't like a lot of names. We actually have friends, Tatiana and Matt, that have two adorable children, Georgie and Jack.
1: It really helps that their Georgie was so cute Yeah, with these big cheeks. Yeah, and it's so like little Georgie.
0: Georgie. <laughs> Um, And it was so funny because do you remember when we were like talking about this name and we're like, we really like Georgie. Well, we
1: felt bad. We were like, are they going to be mad at us or like right. not let us take it? Right. So then when we were like, can we ask you guys something? something they yeah. thought something was wrong. They're like, yeah. oh my God, what? what? We're like, we like the name Georgie. And they were like through the roof. They, they were so like, flattered got, and yeah, she, she was yeah. so
0: like, she's been like, if you do not name that child <laughs> Georgie, I'm calling her Georgie. But we just really liked Georgie, and we think Gigi is a really cute nickname.
1: And her middle name, Winter, is kind of a a little nod
0: to skating. skating, which I, that was always in the back of my mind, even way before we ever met. It just was something that I thought would be a cute little connection.
1: So, after the birth, which we've obviously talked about and how amazing that was, for you, how was the night at the hospital? I have to preface this also by saying, again, I mentioned this, but like the ignorance of just like kind of going into the hospital experience, not really knowing kind of how everything goes down. I had actually had a friend, JB, who the day of, I think, when I was like, yeah, I think we're going to end up going to the hospital. He's like, oh yeah. And then you like, like he kind of talked me through, like the nurses will come in and sort of show you some stuff. You're going to be there for like a day or two and you'll have to feed them every two hours. Like all that was like news to me. I was kind of (laughs) It's like, wait, we have to, like, keep this thing alive by ourselves, like, right away? That's
0: that's what shocked me the most. Like, I just felt like, yeah, the nurses, like, will come in and check, but then they just leave her there with us. And we had to, like, keep her alive.
1: You know what's so crazy (laughs) about that? And, again, this is, like, getting into territory that every single parent has talked about this and, like, said this probably. But, like, how is it that, like, 15-year-olds, like, to drive cars... You know, have to take like a million tests and a driver's right. test and go to the DMV and do all right. that stuff and a written test. But like babies, there's no test. Right. You like, The test, I guess, is that it like came take, out. Take
0: a human home and just like keep yeah, it alive. They,
1: it's like the nurses are kind of like, they give you a quick rest course on feeding, swaddling, and that's like it.
0: I mean, Todd, our swaddling
1: skills were so bad. Well, luckily technology has advanced where like there's, higher tech swaddles where you don't have to do Not like a, there,
0: though. They gave no, you the, there, like, yeah. the cute little hospital one with like, yeah. you know, but yeah, our swaddling technique, like the nurses would be like, oh, guys. These like, guys are going to struggle. Guys, <laughs> these guys are going to struggle. But I mean, I guess the only thing we were prepared for was how we were going to feed Georgie. Michaela is going to send breast milk and we're definitely combo feeding. So you know me, I did a ton of research and... We're going to use Bobby formula, which I feel really good about that. And she had her first feeding and it went well. So we we had that part covered at least. It was so fun though.
1: It really was. It we're was, joking. It was like the nurses were awesome. Like, again, swaddling is not that difficult feeding. You know, you get the hang of it. But like the nurses were incredible. Oh, the and- nurses
0: were so kind. And um, it might be like my favorite day ever. Just... And not only, and this is crazy because obviously it's all about her, but like us.
1: Yeah. It's like seeing your partner as a parent for the first time, which is amazing.
0: Yeah. Like it it bonded me to you in this way that like, I don't even know what the feeling is, but like I couldn't love you more in that moment. And also we were just like together in it, just like figuring it out together. It just felt like we were... I don't even know how to explain it, but just in this role, obviously that we've never been in together. And it was like, this was our thing and we cared so much about it. And like, just looking at you, like you were so enamored by this baby, the way you looked at her and the way you just so like, just watching everything you do and take care of her and worried about her. And we both did, you know, like, I don't know. If this is like that for everyone, if some some people will take a nap, but remember, I was like, we can't take a nap. Yeah, it was like
1: thirty six hours straight. <laughs> yeah, I we was just like up staring, and then you at the would, be,
0: and I would be like, Todd, maybe I'm gonna close my eyes for five minutes, but then I was like, you're so tired, you're gonna fall asleep, and we just like were nervous, obviously, like all parents, and so we just were like glazed eyes, but it was the best tired feeling I've yeah. ever felt in my
1: life. Well, the one thing I will say, and I don't want this to sound like arrogant or like. Weird, Uh-oh. but I feel like no, it's not bad.
0: Georgie, what is daddy gonna say? The one
1: weird thing I feel about the way people talk about that experience, the hospital experience, and even the few days after, it's always like this almost like they try to scare you. It's like, oh, well, the just hospital, yeah, they just wait, no, but like going to be like 36 hours and you're going to be like sleeping in a upright chair and in the hospital and feeding the baby. And it's crazy. And then you're going to go home and the baby's going to cry and you have to be up and the mother's going to, you know, your wife's going to be feeding and you're going to be up and it's going to be really hard. And you guys might get in a little argument. Like, I feel like that was said to me for 10 years of my adult life. That like week, that like few days in the hospital and right after the hospital was the best three days of my life. Right. Like- oh, wow, you don't sleep for two days. Like maybe this is my job too. (laughs) Sometimes I don't sleep a lot, but like I had so much fun. It was so
0: much fun. Like I wish people said
1: that more. Like, yeah, if you get over the fact you're not going to sleep, it's fucking awesome.
0: It's so, it's the best, like that's all I keep saying. It's the best tired of like, I'm so tired, but I'm so excited that I can't sleep just for sheer excitement that there's this baby and I don't want to miss one second. And also, I don't know what it is with, the feeling I have towards you through it all. It's just like being, and we were, we I think we obviously have thought about this moment for a long time, but I think like it's already, like this is probably super big picture, but like how has infertility changed us as like partners or parents? Like I could tell we were both on the same page, like immediately it was like, you're doing such a good job, daddy. Like you're doing such a good job, mommy. Like great I think maybe some of the
1: (laughs) early hiccups that parents have, we've already, like, worked through the communication parts of that. Because
0: we had had those hiccups in infertility. And I think, like, I recognized very early on, like, hour one of, like, how I want you to feel as a parent and how I want you to feel during this process and, like, the team aspect and just, you know, you're a great freaking dad. Well, thanks. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, like I said, you know, I took a step back during the birth and was sort of just like watching, which I should have probably been more of an active participant because it's my child. But like, there was just something to this journey, you know, coming to a completion for you. Like you literally went through hell for five years. You, I mean... So many ups and downs, so much trauma you dealt with, all the miscarriages, like all of that stuff, like, and we got here because of you. So, you know, just watching the birth and then after, like you're saying, it's like, you're seeing me and like how enamored I am with Georgie. I think I was more just like, so happy for you to be, you know, to be able to do this now, you know,
0: It, it really
1: was weirdly, like, you always talk about like surreal. It's all these like sort of cliche things that kind of mean nothing, but like, it was surreal and amazing watching something happen that you never thought was going to happen or where there were times where you didn't think it was going to happen. So wait, like
0: when you were watching the birth part with like me crying or
1: after? After. I think like us in the hospital, like just you feeding a baby, you know, in a hospital. It's like, how many years was it just like, that's never going to happen? Yeah. Or like our life sucks. Right. (laughs) Like, it's not going to happen. Let's give right. up or whatever right. it was sort of just those days in the hospital were just, yeah, they really did feel sort of like we didn't deserve them almost.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. That's how I felt a lot of those moments and sometimes still do like, how, how are we these people?
1: Yeah. And it just goes back to what we were saying earlier too, about like not taking for granted that people are still where we were I a year ago or two years second. ago or three no, years know. ago. Like we know that pain and trauma and, how much you want to get to this point. Um, And I guess
0: I just want to say this just because, you know, I'm so passionate about this community and every different part of infertility. There's so much DOR, donor eggs, you know, surrogacy, adoption. And there's also something that I want to say. It's like, you know, there's part of me that's like, we talk about this guilt of this happening and you want to believe that like, wow, a happy ending will happen for everyone. And like, this is life and that's not always the case. But I also feel like there's so many people, hopefully, that are listening that, you know, I know they are because I'm talking to them on Instagram. Like, just because their journey didn't end with a child or they are living a child-free life, it doesn't mean that they didn't get a happy ending to their life or that they lost or didn't win in some way. And I feel like that's just important for me to say.
1: Yeah. I think this is sort of obvious at this point. We've touched on it a little bit, but needless to say, I think like your relationship and feeling towards surrogacy and Michaela was only strengthened by our experience in the hospital.
0: Yes, Like you even feel
1: closer to her now. Yes.
0: I mean, you saw it when we got home. This is the strangest thing, guys. Like clearly I've been pregnant I've been on lots of hormones throughout IVF. I'm kind of the type that didn't, it didn't really emotionally affect me, like terribly so, like when I was going through these retrievals, even though my hormones were raging. But guys, my hormones, when I got home from the hospital, whoa, like I cried and still am crying over, you know, anything. But the thing that really just like puts me into like full sobs, is Michaela. Like I'm, I miss our pregnancy. And I know that there are a lot of um, women that miss their pregnancy when they are pregnant, but it never crossed my mind that I would have this like really, you know, deep feeling of missing the pregnancy and the connection to Michaela. Like you know, we, we talked every day, we had a schedule, we, you know, thought about this baby, we, you know, would every week, like happy 35 weeks and like the little pink bow and, you know, like, and then all of a sudden it's a different phase, which is incredible. But the amount of emotion that I felt just surrounding thinking about the pregnancy with Michaela was very strong. I just remember you coming in one day and being like, are you okay? And Michaela like dropped off some breast milk and you were like, this girl is like your number one fan. Like, you better run. I'm
1: like, yeah, are you guys gonna like run off together? <laughs> a couple of years from now, you guys are gonna be doing a podcast together without me. <laughs> you marry your surrogate. <laughs>
0: yeah, you never know.
1: Um so you know, we eventually came home. Um, I drove 16 miles an hour the entire way home. Yeah, very the, slowly. Yeah, that was like a terrifying drive. Yeah. Probably the most terrifying drive of my yeah. life. But, you know, when you get home, it kind of sets in. It's like you said, like leaving the house, you're like, are we going to bring a baby back yeah. and life will be different? You know, it is when you get back. And But it's, it's fun in a different way too because it's like this space that you used to, you know, occupy with just yourself, you yeah. know, is now like a home for like a child and it's just like fun.
0: It's so... It's so surreal. It's just like coming back and I just remember we we took a little picture outside the door while you were like getting the key and I like panned up to you and you're just like, I mean, you can't stop staring at her, which is so cute. And then just like walking in was crazy. It was the start of something new for us. And I I always remember this moment. We went upstairs and you like laid on the bed and you just looked so cute, like just so cute. You're just, you're just so in love. I'm just like, oh my gosh. And you were just like, what am I going to do with my life now? Like I just, you know, I'm a, like, it's, it's Georgie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And again, I'm sure this is something all parents yeah. feel. It's just like your life takes a very hard turn, I think, when you yeah. bring a baby home into your yeah. house. Um, one other thing worth talking about, I think, like briefly, is there are, I think you've noticed even in these days <laughs> since the birth, there is a kind of a lasting effect, though, that infertility has had. I can tell that you're a little more anxious, maybe about like nighttime and kind of st- <laughs> staring at the baby, not really sleeping. And I wonder if that would have happened without infertility. Is there, do you think you're more anxious about? Just her in general?
0: Yeah, I think that, I, you know, I don't know what to say about that because I talk to a lot of moms and I feel like they all tell me I stare at the baby making sure that it's breathing. You know, we went to the pediatrician and we were talking about that and she's a pediatrician and she's like, yeah, my husband would be like, it's okay and I would be like staring at the baby and I think that's just like a normal mom thing but I do think What you're picking up on is, for me, I am still that person in my mind from before of like bad things happen. Like all I want is just a healthy, happy baby.
1: I know it's hard to probably put this into words, but like what, it feels like I'm asking a question that you like ask an NBA player when they win the championship. Like, what's this moment feel like? And they're always like, I can't put it into words. And I always say, my answer is always, okay, we'll just try. <laughs> try to put it into words. But what would you say this last few days, week has
0: been like? It's literal heaven. And it's, I'm going to give you that answer of like, you know, I, I, I don't, am I stumped for words? Like, I don't know how to articulate this feeling. Um. try, try. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the same yeah. same thing I say feel, to the NBA guys
0: I feel I feel a happiness that I haven't ever felt like that's one thing
1: yeah I mean not to jump in but like that's one thing I would say too it's like a new it's again all parents say this but it's a brand new feeling And it's also like, I feel like you go through life, especially like your professional life and things are kind of the same. And like we met obviously and those were like amazing feelings and you get married and those are amazing feelings. But like generally you don't have any of these like smack you across the head, like emotions. Um, And so you just go through like even our life together. It's like amazing and we go on vacations and we have highlights and we go to dinners and you know, we like love our life together. But like you just do that for a long time. But then to like have this happen, it it really is like the newest feeling, feeling, but it's so amazing too. So it just feels, it's like jarring in a great way.
0: Jarring in a great way. And I think that it's just like, if I were too articulated, it's just a happiness that A, I didn't think I was ever going to feel. And B, I'm feeling it and it's surreal. And I'm trying to remind myself that this is real life because there's parts of me that it really, sometimes I'm like, kind of just like, is this real? Um, And then I think also I wanted to do this with you. And I think like that we focus so much on a baby, but it is interesting. I brought it up about what happened at the hospital, but I think like that's a huge part of why I wanted to do this. And now I'm remembering why, because like, I don't know. It just like has heightened our, like it has just deepened our relationship in a really cool way. Oh, sweet girl. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Oh, 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 sweet girl. What about Just this? making
1: faces. If you can't mm-hmm. see. Oh okay. How about a pacifier?
0: How about a little pacifier? No.
1: All right, Georgie. I think uh, time on the podcast is up. We love you, but.
0: Yeah, is it is it time to go see? Is it go, time to go see Nana?
1: Go see Grandma and Grandpa.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. (laughs) Say goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Oh, look at that little face. She kind of (laughs) waved. She did.
1: (laughs) So I thought we'd end this 15th episode with some bigger picture kind of reflections. I think it's worth doing at this point. You know, hopefully we kind of talked about this in the last episode, but you know, we want to kind of keep this going. I mean, I think in some other world, like this is the last episode because... Well, this is
0: definitely the last episode of the first iteration of it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the response has been so great. I mean, unexpectedly, you've gotten so much feedback on how much this has helped people. Um, And obviously you came in, weirdly, you came into this, like wanting to make a difference in this world. And
0: not I knowing if we would yeah.
1: ever. And I did too. I just think like now, just after like going through these 15 episodes and seeing the response like to you, now yeah. I'm like yeah. 100% in in this community. And, yeah. you know, I think it's just, it's a worthwhile thing to kind of,
0: you know, bring Open. awareness
1: to it. I think like no the matter the
0: ending, like infertility is not spoken about enough. And there's so many different endings and there's so many different journeys, ones that happen really quickly and ones that are like ours and we're long haulers and whatever it is, just speaking out about it and connecting to other people that have gone through this similar experience is key because these conversations need to happen more and we need to not make this a silent subject or a taboo subject anymore. And I think the response of the podcast is not something I expected. Like I didn't know what to think when we started this. It was a little bit for us. It was a little bit, you know, for me wanting to connect in this world. But I mean, how blown away are we by these the thousands and thousands of messages? And we sit at night and I I read some to you and just, it's the most meaningful thing I think I've done. I talked about this a little bit in, you know, the question and answer podcast, but yeah, I won the Olympics and I'm a broadcaster and I'll get tons of amazing messages from people. But like, what did I really do? You know, this, I get messages where women are opening up for some reason to tell me their story and saying like, they've never shared this or they haven't even told their their parents or they're inspired now to tell their story. Or, I mean, I guess the biggest thing for me is I felt so unseen for so long. And I didn't even realize it till I started this podcast. I've healed in this podcast. And these messages from these women are healing me. Like they're telling me, you know, I'm validating their feelings and they feel seen and they feel heard. And, you know, they're, it's it, this podcast is saving them essentially in these journeys that they're in and like saving. Like what, what do you mean? Like, how could that even be a thing? But they're, they're saving me too. Like we're, we're validating each other's experience where you just don't get that that often in this infertility community. And when you experience infertility, I'm realizing these people are strangers, straight up strangers. And I feel close to them, like bonded to them because of the shared experience that, you know, many people in our life that haven't experienced infertility, I don't have that same bond with. So it's just been truly incredible and that's why I want us to continue this. Obviously, it it will have to be in a different way and we talked a little bit about this on the last podcast, but, you know, I really think it would be fun, you know, as the male and female perspective to bring other couples on that are going through infertility or have gone through infertility in the past and maybe some fun celeb, you know... Couples that
1: maybe Dwayne Wade.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's who's that's top of your list, isn't it? Um, maybe I could try to figure out how to like bribe them to do it, but anyways, yes, hopefully you guys will stay with us on this journey.
1: You know, we talked a lot about this already on this episode, but is there anything left that you want to say just about the survivor's guilt that you have? I mean, you know, we talked about it early in the episode, now we've sort of you know, gone through the birth and this idea we now do have a child in our arms as a child in our home um, and how amazing it is. But there is still some guilt associated with succeeding in this world.
0: And I don't know, like, I don't know if that will go away because I was that person for so long. For five years, I was, you know, if there's someone listening that is, you know, failing at a transfer right now or going through a miscarriage, like I would be on my Instagram seeing someone have a healthy child in the, in that same moment and wonder like, why, why, why me? Like, why is this specifically happening to me? And I don't feel like I, I understand what a good ending is. And so, yeah, it's hard for me to not feel this guilt or feel uncomfortable or, you know, again, we talk about prefacing, but, you know, I preface a lot now because I, I want I want all of you guys to know that, like, I am rooting for you, that I know those feelings and that, you know, however I can be of help, you know, I want to be, I want to be in this community where, you know, I am working hard to to get fertility grants and I am, you know, having a daily connection to all of you, you know, like, I can never forget that those past five years, like they've changed me forever. I'm never going to forget that. And, you know, who knows, like we're, you know, so many people go through secondary infertility and that's where their infertility journey starts. Like, I know we want to build our family out more. Like, I don't know what that future looks like. Like, ugh, it's just a lot, but yes, it's um, a feeling that I'm definitely trying to navigate.
1: Yeah. And I don't want this to seem like back for us, but I do, you know, I had a question written here. Like, you know, we talked in episode one, which again, we mapped that episode out. Who knows a year ago, more like we had, I think I asked you like, why are you doing this podcast? And you gave an answer. And I just, I feel like we accomplished that and more, which is so awesome. I do. Do you remember what you said?
0: I think I said something like I didn't want people to feel alone. And it's because I felt so alone for so long and I felt ashamed and embarrassed and that it wasn't an open conversation to have. And it wasn't something that I would freely put on Instagram or out to the world. And like, like I said, I've evolved through this podcast and I feel like this has made me process more feelings that I didn't know I even had. But I do hope that we've made even a small difference. And like, I got a message the other day because on my Instagram, speaking of the guilt stuff, I'll put like, PS, I see all of you in the weight. And this one woman was like, I'm going through it hard right now. Like I'm in, I'm in, I'm in it deep. And like, she was, she was comforting. Like, this is the craziest thing, Todd. She was comforting me. She's like, I don't want you to feel guilt. Like you've been through your journey and like, you're inspiring me. Like, and it's like... Just this beautiful connection to these people in this IVF infertility world that it's like I have a thousand new friends.
1: Yeah. And I think too, selfishly, I think, and I don't know that we, this was part of it, I think when we started just healing for us as a couple, but I think we probably healed together way more than we thought we would have back in episode one.
0: I'll answer that, but I'm interested in hearing your response, but I think- Yes, like when would we ever have had these deep conversations and really thought about asking each other these questions that would, you know, bring up, you know, all of these past emotions and really we analyzed everything about our relationship through them. And I think we've healed together and these moments on these, you know, chairs has, I don't know, has bonded us. What do you feel?
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think... (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: Uh-oh. Uh, no, I, mean, <laughs> no I, I think like part, I, I would imagine part of it for you too is like hearing me sort of admit like a lot of shortcomings, which <laughs> I think I did. I hopefully did, did a little well. bit in the moment, but I you think well. sitting in this chair you know, I, I said this in like episode, I don't know, one or two or early on. It's like very hard when you're in something to really like sit and reflect on like your performance. Um, so I think in the moment, if you're like, well, why did you, you know, you weren't doing this or why are you giving me attitude about me asking you to do this? And the response is probably not the one you deserved. But like sitting here in this chair now <laughs> with all this perspective, laying out on note cards, kind of right. what these episodes potentially were going to be. or like thinking about what these episodes, you know, we're going to, we're going to be it like, allows you to like, see it more clearly. So I think in a weird way, I can sit here as like a better person, like a better husband, like really give you the sort of validation that you deserve to through all this, that you probably didn't get in full throughout the journey. And I don't, you know, I'm not going to kill myself no, for that because it's hard. Yeah. No, but it's hard to do that. I think in the moment when you're like going through something every day where you're like, God, my life kind of sucks <laughs> right, right now. Like it's hard right. to be like, I'm so sorry for not doing this or that or that. Right. Cause I was pitying myself right. too throughout right. this. So, you know, I think the podcast has been great in that sense of finally almost giving you your due mm-hmm. <laughs> in a certain way of like how well you did throughout oh, this you're gonna make me cry. five years and, you know, my shortcomings.
0: No. Oh, TK, I love you. And I think like the male perspective from the response that we've had has been so great because I feel like, remember I said like, no, no guys are gonna like probably tune into this and the amount of messages of like from men, like I feel heard by, you know, by Todd, I realized like, I'm going to change some of like my habits with my partner and like women feeling like, oh my God, like we're listening to this together and it's helping my, my husband understand me. Like I'm you, you're me. Like, it's just like, I think that has been, you know, an interesting part of the podcast that I didn't think was going to happen.
1: <laughs> so what would you say to women and couples who, you know, obviously were in a certain respect out to the other side of this whole thing what would you say to people still in the trenches dealing with infertility
0: yeah i don't know like i don't i don't think i have some profound advice i could give anyone i wish i did i wish i just like figured out the secret of it all but you know everyone's journey is so different but i think the first thing i would say is like you know give yourself grace give yourself kindness like for so long i felt like my feelings were too much or, you know, was I crazy? Was this feeling not valid and, you know, worthy, you know, like, and they are everything you're feeling. You're not too much. Like give yourself that kindness. I guess I just also want to say is like, I see you, I feel your pain. Like I literally with these messages will just like pour tears. It's like that at the surface that like, I feel so connected to this, group of people that I'm rooting so hard for you in the sense of like, I know what it feels like. I know those moments, the fear, the anxiety, the appointments, the waits, the opening of the portals, like, you know, I wish that I could like hug you and support you and, you know, like, yeah, DM me because I, I will talk to you about anything you want.
1: <laughs> well, I just want to end this kind of first iteration of Unexpecting by saying I love you and thank you for going through this for us. And I love you. Oh,
0: TK, I love you so much.
1: Maybe we should end this with a hug and a kiss.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we did it. Thanks for listening to Unexpecting the Podcast. Please subscribe, leave a review and follow Unexpecting Pod on Instagram for info about upcoming weekly episode releases. This episode has been sponsored by First Response Pregnancy. Their comfort check pregnancy kit and all other products are available for purchase in store and online. This episode of Unexpecting was brought to you by our friends at Carrot Fertility, the global platform for fertility healthcare and family forming support. Go to carrotfertility.com slash unexpecting to learn more.